0: Welcome to Life Church. We are an X242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Okay, so if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Psalm 115. That's going to come up anyway on the screen behind me. Um, but obviously you might want to read along with that. So week two, cleaning house, all right? Those of you that might struggle with the title, think, well, what does that really mean? Think of a really good spring clean, all right? Those of you that like to clean, you know, kind of you've not maybe done it for a while over winter time and it comes to spring, suddenly the sun comes through the windows and things get highlighted. You suddenly see that bit of dust that you has been there all winter. You've never seen it before, but because of the angle of the sun, that's now coming in, things are highlighted, all right? So cleaning house is like a really good spring clean, but it's in our lives, in our hearts. And there's a question that I want to start off with today that I want us to ask of ourselves, and it is this. Are there any areas in my life in which I've replaced trusting God with something else? Is there anything in my life That actually, I put my trust in more than God. That is the idol that we're going to look at this morning. Psalm 115, we're going to read the first 11 verses, says this Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name goes all the glory for your unfailing love and faithfulness. Why let the nations say, Where is their God? Our God is in the heavens, and he does as he wishes. Their idols are merely things of silver and gold, shaped by human hands. They have mouths, but cannot speak, and eyes, but cannot see. They have ears, but cannot hear, and noses, but cannot smell. They have hands, but cannot feel, and feet, but cannot walk, and throats, but cannot make a sound. And those who make idols are just like them, as are all who trust in them. O Israel, trust the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. O priests, descendants of Aaron, trust the Lord. He is your helper and shield. All you who fear the Lord, trust the Lord. He is your helper and shield. Psalm 115 was one of those group of psalms that were, were sung and recited during the Passover celebrations. And they were used just to remind one another to continually remember where our hope and our trust truly lies. It reminded the Jewish people that the other nations around them, they didn't have access to this God who was alive and lived in the heavens. They had made their own gods, gods who seemed to be like their God But in actual fact, was very, very different. Their gods were dead. There was no life in them whatsoever. But the God that the Jews worshipped was alive and very real. And as Nick said last week, you know, the Old Testament, idols are very easy to spot. We had the golden calf, didn't we, that the Israelites formed and made when Moses wasn't with them for a while. And even Nebuchadnezzar, he made this huge idol of himself. And whenever the music played, the story was that everyone had to bow down and worship it. But for us today, where we don't seem to have these kind of physical idols, modern idolatry takes on a very different form. It's those things that absorbs our hearts and things that go on in our heads. It's, it's, it's our Efforts. It's our affections or attachments to something or anything that we give greater importance to than God. And these are the things that we call the idols of our hearts. And anything in our lives can become an idol, even good things. You know, our families can become idols to us. What we do in the church can become idols to us, our our finances, our successes at work, our our organising, our relationships, owning the newest gadgets, even never being content with what we have or where we find ourselves in life, always striving for the next thing can become an idol in your life and in my life. And they become idols when we begin to look to them for our identity, for our well-being, and for our strength in life. You see, idols give us a sense of control. A sense. They make us feel and think that we're in control, but actually they are (laughs) copies of the real thing. If family becomes an, an idol to us, Our husband, our wife, even our children, they give us a sense of belonging, a sense of purpose that we begin to live for them. Our lives begin to revolve around everything around them and them owning. In financial success, always trying to make sure we've got enough. The more that we make, the more we'll save, and the more that gives us that sense of security and stability in our lives. It gives us that sense. It's not real, because it can be taken away at any time. Or having a step-by-step plan for our lives, trying to pan it out and thinking, this is what we're going to do then, this is what we're going to do there. It gives us a sense of hope and of security. But what if it was all taken away? Would we be disappointed or would we be devastated? Would we feel like we'd failed or that we were the failure? Would our worlds fall apart? The question we're asking ourselves today is this. Are there any idols in my life that I re- rely upon more for my confidence and security than I rely on God. Is there something or someone trying to take the place of Jesus on the throne of my heart? And I'm going to look at three ways today that I believe can help us to keep our focus and keep Jesus on the throne of our hearts. And as I go through this, I'm going to share with you Just some personal Bible verses that I have sought to live on, sought to to learn, in order that when I face things and things crop up, I can use them as my reference point, keeping to the words of God. First thing is this, be confident in him. You know, let's be real, some of us, and I'm speaking to myself here, some of us are control freaks. All right. There's a song, isn't there, years ago, some of you will know, this song just goes, Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah, okay, it's called Jesus, take the wheel. The song is about, as I'm going through my life, when bad things begin to happen and I can't handle it, Jesus, take the wheel of my life, take over, take control. But I think in reality, what actually happens is the complete opposite. Because when life's going well... We're quite happy to let Jesus take the wheel of our lives. We're quite happy to let him be in the driving seat to, to take us places. We're happy to follow him. We're happy to, to follow his ways. You know, life is pretty great. But when life's not going great, when the bank balance is looking a bit iffy towards the end of the month... When maybe the plans we were making, you know, we don't quite get those grades that we needed and and those plans aren't falling into place. Maybe the job promotion didn't quite happen. How much do we put our trust in God then? How many, instead of letting God carry on with the wheel of our life in his hands, do we reach out and we take that wheel back and we say, God, I'm in control now because actually... I need to make this work. I've got my own plans, my own purposes, and I think I have a better way of what I'm going to do now with my life. And it's in these times we have to ask ourselves, do I really trust God? Or have I, as the idol of control, sought to rise up and take the place of Jesus in my life? You see, the idol of control says I'm confident in God, but not enough to give him full control. The idol of control says, I'm confident that God wants good things and has good plans and purposes for me, but I actually have a better idea of how that's going to happen. Sarah and Abraham was promised a son, but in her head, I'm too old. I have a better idea of how I can make it happen. She took back that wheel of control She gave Hagar, her maidservant, didn't she, to Abraham. And as the story went on, we saw disaster followed. You see, the idol of control gives us a sense that we're in control, that it's all going to work out. But it's a lie. It's a counterfeit. It's a copy. Its purpose is to seek to remove Jesus from the throne of our heart. And so how can we clean this idol out? What, how can we spring clean to remove it when we start to see these things taking place in our life? Here's one of the verses that I learned many, many years ago. In fact, I learned it as a 10-year-old, okay? And it was one of those verses that I just come back to again and again. And it, this is what it says. Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge and recognize him. And he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. You see, idols will seek to distract our hearts, to steal our worship and reliance upon God. And even the devil tried this with Jesus. You know when he talks about Jesus being tempted in the wilderness... Jesus was hit with things, those idols, those stuff that we also are hit with. Matthew 4, verses 5 and 7. It says the devil took him up to the holy city, talking about Jesus, and had him stand on the highest point in the table. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift up, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And in this one moment, Jesus immediately killed off the idol of control that might seek to rise up. And he declared, my confidence is in God. I am not putting God to the test because I know who He is, and that is where my confidence lies. And we too need to be men and women who are confident in God, in who He is. And we need to learn to let go of control and be confident that He is going to work all things together. So, firstly, be confident in Him. Secondly, this morning, Rachel mentioned this. I think it was Rachel or it was Liz, one of you two. Mentioned the words, clinging to him. If Psalm 115 is a Passover psalm, that means Jesus would have recited that psalm the night that he was betrayed. Reminding himself and the disciples that no matter what was going to lay ahead in their lives, to remember that God alone was their refuge and shield. And in times of great anxiety and stress in our lives, where are you putting your trust? You know those times when you're at night and you're lying in bed in your chest? It's just going. You're finding it hard to breathe. And things are going round and round in your head. And you're trying to find solutions to stuff and you can't get that peace when you're sleeping. And it's at those times where the idol of control will seek to come and take over. Jesus in the desert, again, Matthew chapter 4. It says the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you. He said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. God had a plan of redemption for the whole earth. And for Jesus, it involved going to the cross, the carrying of sin and the painful separation from his father. And here in this one moment, Jesus was being offered the whole thing on the plate. All you have to do, Jesus, is bow down and worship me. You can still be the answer to the world, but just bow down and worship me. Now, let's not get into the theology of whether Jesus could or could have not. All right, that's another whole sermon. But how appealing. Or tempting, that must have sounded. Because in the Garden of Gethsemane, it says that Jesus' sweat was like drops of blood. The anxiety, the pressure, knowing what was going to lie ahead. So to escape the pain, the suffering, that could have sounded quite appealing. But Jesus responds in that moment and kills it off Again, He says, listen, I'm clinging to God, I serve him, I live for him, and I worship him only. I trust him. Because trust given to other idols in our lives, listen, they will not save us, they will not help us. Philippians 4, another one of my life verses is this. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And it says the peace of God, so that anxiety and stress is seeking to rise up in our lives. It says the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, when I choose... To kill off that idol of control and say, I trust in God. I am worshipping God in this situation, in this moment. When I am going to put my trust in God, the God I cannot see, the God who is alive and understands it all, when I put my trust in him, I can rest. Because he has the wheel. He is in control. Listen. Listen. God hasn't asked you to carry the weight of the world upon, his shoulder, upon your shoulders because Jesus has already done it. Thirdly, rely on his word. Reading the word of God daily, learning scriptures, they are there to help us get things in the right order. Exodus 20 says this: it says, I am the Lord your God, you shall have no other gods before me. Put God first in everything. Mark 12, Jesus says this: and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. Put him in that order, above everything, above my desires above my very life, above what I'm thinking, the way I'm understanding stuff. And with everything that I do, put God first. And then Jesus reminds us in Matthew 6 not to run after the other, other things like unbelievers do. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you also. And why does Jesus remind us of these things? Because he knows that when we put things into the wrong order, when we love things in the wrong order in our lives, idolatry can begin to take place. And for for it to be resisted, we have to recognize it and we have to replace it. We have to clean our house, spring clean our lives, get rid of that stuff as it becomes highlighted. Matthew 4, again, Jesus is in the desert, and it says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written. He knew the Scriptures. He knew the Word. Man shall not live on bread alone alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, it's not about our efforts, our strengths, and our abilities. It's not about what we can see, what we can touch. It's about putting our faith and our trust in God and his word. What does he say? What does this book say who I am? What does God say about my life? We need to know the scriptures. You see, there's no better way of cleaning out idolatry out of our lives than looking to him and fixing our eyes and our gaze upon him. Psalm 115 says that people who raise up idols and look to idols become just like them. Some translations use the word stiff. Necked. That means they can't move. They're dead. They're complete lifeless. Have you ever tried to speak to somebody and they're just dead as a doornail? Like, it's not very life giving, is it? You know, if I was just to stand here and go, Yes, this is what we need to do. Like, it's all pretty boring after a while. Do you know what I mean? Okay. When we follow those things that might give us that sense of control, give us that idea, okay. They are those false idols. See, the nations around Israel worshipped and trusted in their own handiwork. And in verse 8, it's said that they became lifeless. You know, we worship what we idolize. We become what we worship. We want to become more like God. Worship him. Every part of you. You know, people around our lives will always wonder, where is the God that you worship? They can't see him. That's why nations had to create their own idols. They had no relationship with this God in heaven. And they needed something to look to. And people can look at our lives and think, I can't see your God. That circumstance you're going through, where's where's your God in that? The psalmist wrote to remind the people, Trust in the Lord. He's your helper and shield. Yeah. Said to the, the whole Israelite nation, O oh Israel, trust in the Lord. He's your helper and sheater, um, shield. O oh, priests, leaders amongst this room, trust in the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. He's your helper. He's your shield. And then individually, all you who fear the Lord, yeah. trust in the Lord. Yeah. He's your helper and your shield. And as we live those kind of lives, do you know what happens? Unbelievers around our lives, our friends, our family, they get to see the opportunity, watching the goodness of God operate in us. So they see our faith and our trust put into action. So they see us living out his plans and purposes for our lives. Is it time this morning to sprinkle in our heart? To get rid of anything that might seek to replace our trust and our hope in God? So as I finish now, just three things just to sum up. First is this, be confident in God this morning. Know who your God is. Know who he is. Don't just give him the wheel of your life in the good times. When you hit rock bottom... Give Jesus the wheel. Let him keep hold of it. He's the only one who's going to be able to guide you through the season you're going through. Secondly, cling to him, even in those hard times. Even when you can't see him move in the way you want to see him move, (coughs) cling to him with everything. That is the time to worship and serve him, to press in hard to him. And thirdly, rely on God's word. Read it. Know it. Live it. Our God does not lie. He keeps his word. He is truth. And we can put our trust in him. Let's keep Jesus the center of our hearts. Let's keep a clean house. Let's pray, shall we? Father God, Lord, this morning, if there is anything in our hearts, Lord, right now, that would seek to replace you Lord, will you just highlight that to us now? Holy Spirit, if there's an area that has higher priority than you, will you just reveal it to us now? Lord, we want clean hearts with you at the centre where you reign, Jesus. Help us to be a people who trust you for you are our refuge and our shield. We give him, we give it all to you, Jesus, this morning. Amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at ww.lifechurchwarrelling.com.